Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number three, Green and Growing, here with my friends Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago of Premier Tree Solutions. We get together every few months and answer your tree questions. So an exciting next hour with a lot of great questions from you. 404-872-0750. We were talking about ambrosia beetles, something that Rafael is familiar with and he has seen with his clients. And I just wrote an article uh, for, I think, a, a local newspaper about it. So Stephanie calling from Cobb County had some additional questions. Hey, Stephanie, good morning. Good morning. So what do you got? I just need some clarification. Okay. When you um, find that you've got ambrosia beetles and you take the branch, say it's just a branch, you take that off, um, you're supposed to dispose of it, right? I mean, like put it in a bag so it doesn't spread to another tree? Yeah, that's right. You don't want to keep those branches infected with beetles anywhere near the healthy parts of the tree. Okay, and and that goes for any of the trees on your property, I'm assuming, Well, pretty, that it would attack. Yeah, and it's like Ashley said, uh, the risk of infecting other trees, like I said, uh, it, ambrosia beetles, they love thin barked trees, so I don't see it infecting a pine tree with that thick bark, but, you know, why not just throw it away and just keep it away from all of your trees? Okay, okay, because I had that incident last year, and I I, I have my palm and granite coming back um and I decided to change the flavor of the bark, I mean the uh, <laughs> inside, so that maybe it would discourage whatever it is, the beetle. The beetles, the beetle. yeah. And, and it seems like it worked out. So Well, and, and there are certain years that are worse than others. For a lot of these pests, like we had army worms in people's Bermuda lawn a couple of years ago. I mean, there are just cyclical waves of, of years that certain things are a problem. Um, the ambrosia beetle, to me, seems pretty prevalent this year because there are so many trees that were stressed by the freeze. And when those trees are stressed, they send out kind of a pheromone, like a chemical the insects pick up on. So I guess, you know, Raphael would say, too, as a certified arborist, I mean, the number one thing to combat that is good tree health. Good tree health, yeah. Make sure your trees are watered. And uh, if, if it needs fertilizer, then just go ahead and do it. Uh, obviously, you know, do the right thing. There's a proper time of the year. There's a species, the amount, concentration, formulation, all of that. Um, so they buy the books. But, yeah, uh, a healthy tree is, is uh, a lot less vulnerable to these type of uh, problems. Yeah, I mean, absolute right preparation for a lot of our plants and trees will ward off things that we don't want. And what I learned, Stephanie, about when I was writing the article about ambrosia beetle, um, you know, the, the female bores in there, lays the eggs. That whole life cycle, I think, takes 55 to 60 days or something. And the male ambrosia beetles stay in the tree, and that's where they are for the rest of their life. But the females grow and come back out, and it's a whole new generation 
Um, and sometimes they can overwinter. Uh, you know, if, it, if it's been a mild winter, they can overwinter in leaf litter and wood piles that, you know, they were burrowed into if you cut that wood and, you know, it's just still sitting on your property. So, yeah, getting getting that stuff out of there is going to be best for it. Thank you for the questions. Very good questions. Um, little known fact about Raphael. I had no idea. We were talking off the air about Barbara's question calling from Vayetteville about a eucalyptus tree. And Raphael... You're probably now my certified eucalyptus tree expert because ah. <laughs> <laughs> you revealed to Jeff and I how much you know. So, Barbara, you called the right place. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Raphael's got you covered, so you lay it on him. I bet you can't stump him. Good morning, Barbara. <laughs> Good morning. My eucalyptus tree is about 12 years old and beautiful and tall. And now I think it's dead. I think it froze. Is that possible? It's uh, very likely, especially given the uh, the cold snap we had uh, over the winter uh, last year and during Christmas. Um, I'm assuming the tree is outside. Oh yes, yeah. I didn't. I did not know it was sensitive, but now it's got a bunch of little twigs coming up from the bottom. But most of the big branches are totally dead. Yeah, you're probably nothing happening. You're probably seeing the suckers or water sprouts coming off the trunk. It's just a mechanism of survival. Uh, tree's trying to make it, but you know, if you're telling me that the entire canopy is dead, then uh, unfortunately that's a goner. And this is kind of in, in Jeff's part of town. Barbara's calling from Fayetteville. And a lot of times the difference between North Georgia and anything below I-20 and in Henry, Fayette, you know, Spalding counties, y'all can get away with a few more uh, plants than we can up in North Georgia because, you know, it does stay a little warmer down in the Griffin area, Fayetteville. Yeah. Um, I've left uh, my house in the morning at say, I don't know, five, five thirty, and it's, uh, let's say 60 degrees. And then I'm going to have a meeting with the guys up in Alpharetta and it's 52. Seriously. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's a big swing, eight yeah. degrees. So Barbara made it last for 12 years, but what would you recommend for someone who was interested in eucalyptus tree in this part of this, the country? <laughs> Move to Florida. <laughs> that's the best, best thing you can do. It's difficult. Uh, I was just telling Ashley here, uh, part of my, uh, I studied eucalyptus for a little bit, even, even here in Auburn. Um, and all of our eucalyptus species tracks of, of trees, they're all in Florida. And uh, all it took, they, they were seven years old, which is right at the cycle for, for cutting because it was forestry, it was, you know, timber production yeah. uh, for pulp and paper. Um, there was one code snap. That one code snap was sufficient to kill all trees. So that was a bummer. You know, and Florida whole... gets that every uh, five or 10 years. That's right. So uh, they're just not tolerant for, uh, for cold temperatures. And where are they native from? Australia. Okay. The native from Australia, and there's a lot of uh, tropical countries like Brazil, some other uh, countries that use eucalyptus as the main tree species for, for production of pulp and paper. And eucalyptus does not come with its own koala, just so you know. That's right. <laughs> I would love for it to. 404-872-0750. Staying on the south side, up next is Nicole calling from Tyrone. Hey, Nicole. Good morning. Morning. I have a 60-year-old magnolia tree. It's probably about 60 to 65 feet tall. And the canopy was beautiful. And the mistake that I made was that the limbs coming down to the ground, they actually created trees on their own. I had probably about 15 of these large limbs that were trees um, cut to the ground as close as possible. I don't want to destroy my tree. That would be thousands of dollars. Uh, to take the tree down. I want to save the tree, but I don't want to contend with the suckers. And from research, and if I'm, I'm, let me know if I'm wrong, 
I shouldn't have those stumps browned because that would destroy the tree. And then there's certain chemicals that could get into the root system that could kill the tree. So what, what do I do? Do I just have to keep cutting those water sprouts? So the water sprouts are the suckers, from what it sounds like, you let them get pretty established. How big around were yes. they before you removed them? Oh, my. Uh, well, some of them were enough that you had to have a, a not an electric chainsaw, but a but a gas a gas powered. I, I'm awful on diameters, but I would say some were maybe 12 to 15 in, in diameter, could have been a little bit larger. A foot across? Yeah, that's pretty um, big. It's pretty big. Some of them were fairly big. Some were smaller. Wow. All right. So, yeah, Raphael, your advice, because there are a lot of trees, magnolias, crepe myrtles, a ton that send off sprouts or, or suckers. Yeah, especially when they're on the stress. Um, I yet to see a uh, water sprout that, you know, measures, you know, 16 um, inches in diameter. That's uh, pretty uncommon. But um, what people usually do is... <laughs> especially in magnolia trees, they, they let them go. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of pruning on those trees unless, you know, they're impeding, they're, you know, reaching over driveways and touching houses and stuff like that. So when we're talking about suckers, water sprouts, those come up from the root system. Yeah, I've seen it uh, quite a bit on, on magnolias. I mean, uh, um, I had a customer ask me to do what, what she had done, and the, the, basically the trees did just grow out of the roots uh, underneath the magnolia. Yeah. Um, there was one, I think I must have cut out 20, uh, but they averaged anywhere from, say, two to four inches. Yeah, they're small, usually. Okay. Like smaller than the circumference of a baseball bat. That's yeah, right. they just yeah. look yeah. like a small tree, a juvenile tree. Yeah. So once you cut those back... And, you know, you're looking at the roots maybe above ground of the tree or whatever. What are the likelihood of those suckers or water sprouts coming back or new ones returning? In a, in a few years, I would imagine they grow back for sure. Because, yeah, like Jeff said, those, those magnolia trees, they're known for spreading like, uh, like crazy. It's yeah. just uh, once you have one well-established magnolia tree, like she's saying, a 60-year-old plus whatever, uh, you're going to see saplings all over the place. And you're going to have a hard time identifying, seeing if it's an actual sapling from a seed or, or is, if it's uh, coming from the roots or the trunk for that matter. So if she can get under and around the tree safely, you know, with a riding mower or something that's, you know, maybe raise the mower blade up a little bit so that it doesn't harm any of the roots above ground. Yeah. But just staying after mowing over and over and over is going to keep the suckers in check, right? Yeah. If this is bothering her, I'll definitely get rid of the water sprouts. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. She can do that. Just go around the tree and identify those water sprouts and cut them back to the... It's almost like doing a pruning job. You cut it back at the branch collar. Well, and when you remove them when they're smaller, you can just go out there with hand pruners. Yeah, and it's so try. easy. It's yeah. easy. But also, too, and Raphael, I want your opinion on this quickly. Um, there is a product called like Sucker Stopper. And, you know, I've I've recommended it, though I've not used it myself, um, that is actually quite helpful for trees like that that send up water sprouts. But using a product like that, I guess I'd have to probably get you what chemical it is, but that's not going to hurt the established root system of a 60-year-old tree if it's targeted for suckers, right? No, you won't. Uh, what, is, what, what that does, though, is uh, you know when you, have, when you have water sprouts and suckers coming out, at least the trunk, let's just think of a different species. Let's think of oak tree, whatever. Okay. Um, it's a sign of stress. So you, you see that there's something wrong with it. So when you do that, you're masking the symptoms of, ah. uh, of a problem. Ah, good point. And uh, 
unlike a lot of people think, well, I see the water sprouts, let's just get rid of them. That way we get rid of the problem. It doesn't work that way. So it's like us getting fever. You know, there's something wrong. You don't know exactly what, Yeah. but there's something wrong with you. Okay. So that's a good point. I want to, I want to have Raphael elaborate on that because that is actually very important when you're considering the overall health of the tree. So we'll take a break and check traffic and how miserable it is around Metro Atlanta right now. And we'll be back with chopmytree.com next on WSB. A lot of that fog is burning off. Boy, the fog was thick today, but the weather update brought to you by Findlay Roofing for today. Mostly cloudy, scattered storms maybe throughout the afternoon, high in the mid-80s, a little warmer tomorrow, hot and humid. And then as we get into the work week, a high in the low 80s. And I think, guys, we're going to stay in the 80s for a little bit. So I think all this temperature swing back and forth is finally over. Sounds good to me. Yeah, (laughs) I think it is. Um, So that was a good conversation about the... um, Magnolia sending up the water sprouts or suckers, one and the same. Um, why is the tree doing that? Why why is that a sign of the tree showing stress, Raphael? Well, uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy that I can use to to make you are good you at know, analogy. People understand it, uh, but basically, when a tree is under stress, uh, what trees do, or any plants for that matter, they try to put out new growth. They try to uh, get rid of what the what of the uh, damaged or infected areas of the plant and uh, put out new growth. Water sprouts are very, they're not, they, they also call, you know, uh, they're not true branches. So they're very uh, weakly attached and uh, they're emergency, let's just call them emergency branches. There they come go. out with, uh, they put out some green mm-hmm. and they photosynthesize, you know, they bring in some energy uh, for that immediate necessity. Um, and once they do that, they wait for new true branches to grow and then they go away. Sometimes they don't go away. Sometimes they turn into actual branches. Yeah. But the point is, I was, I, said I was, I was going to make an analogy. Let's just say that's not possible with humans. Let's just say we lose two fingers. It's an accident. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> we can't grow more fingers to take care of that, but mm-hmm. trees can. Yeah. So let's just put it that way. Okay. Trees can do that. They grow water sprouts to take care of that immediate need. And then once they do that, they move on from that and they have actual branches later on. And then for someone, Jeff, that's trying to maintain a certain look in their yard or, you know, keep debris out from underneath a large tree like that, what's your suggestion? Uh, They can just uh, enlarge the bed. So if uh, mowing is an issue, you can't go, typically you can't grow grass under trees. So as the tree is going to continue to grow and get bigger, then just expand the bed. Yeah. And I mean, that's going to take care of a lot of problems if you mulch, you know, the right layer, the right depth or leaf litter just all blown up under pine straw or whatever, if that's thick enough, it's going to smother out any weeds, moisture control, and also those suckers, like you mentioned, they need to photosynthesize, they grow leaves and stuff, but they wouldn't have that access if they're crowded out by some kind of mulch or leaf litter. So that's a great idea. Um, Jeff is absolutely right. You cannot call this show and ask me for any shade-tolerant grass that's going to grow underneath the tree. It is just not going to happen. So enlarging the bed's a great idea. And aesthetically, it's going to look nice. That's right. Yeah. And save you from running the mower under there. There could be uh, a hornet's nest built in that tree during the summer. Uh, you might injure the tree accidentally if you're yeah. driving the mower and wheeling around underneath a large tree like that. So all the more reason just to make it a bed and, and that's the end of the day. 404-872-0750. Check these guys out online at chopmytree.com. It's Premier Tree Solutions and they're right back with more answers to your questions next on WSB. Green around. 
It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. 8.36 on your Saturday morning. Welcome back to Green and Growing, a full show today and a full staff. We got Trey and Ann and DeMarco. And I got Jeff Roth, Rafael Santiago in the studio. They've been great answering your questions. We've had some good conversations on tree care and hiring the right people for the right job, right? I mean, you do not want to hire someone that is not licensed, not insured. Uh, cheap is not always best when it comes to roofers and tree companies. <laughs> Am I right? You are correct. Cheap <laughs> so can get correct. very expensive. <laughs> what can? Yeah, cheap can get very yes, expensive. Yes, that's, that's right. a wow. That's There's the quote your analogy. of the day. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> that is the quote of the day, Hope right you're there. Taking notes, there <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So uh, these guys, Premier Tree Solutions, easier thought of as just chopmytree.com. Chopmytree.com tells you everything you need to know. Um, and some of you have shared pictures with me uh, for Raphael to take a look at, which I so appreciate. And we will answer all of those later. Raphael and I are in contact, you know, about things that I may not have answers to. But right now on the phones, we have some great calls. 404-872-0750. It's a South Side kind of day. Now we go to Richard in Sharpsburg calling from the South Side. Hey, Richard, good morning. Good morning. How What's are going you on? Doing? Great. I have a week of willow I planted with about 12 years ago. It's got huge, you know. But now all of a sudden it's starting to die. The leaves are curling up the little balls and are you saying it's hard to hear you richard are you saying there's black oh, along the are you saying yes. there's black along the limb as well yes ma'am oh now mm. that's a whole nother thing we weren't aware yeah. of hi richard how uh would you estimate how old the tree is 12 years i planted it myself so it's kind of like a pet okay 12 years because <laughs> i love it yeah it's okay beautiful until the last few years and it's doing the same thing this year, except worse than last year. And the leaves that are curling and all of that are on the branches where you see the black? Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, and some of the limbs are just dying. You know, they're about an inch and a half, two inches in diameter, and they just die off. Okay. And so I've been cutting them off, the dead you know, sections, but it just keeps doing it everywhere. So now i got, lean, you know, all the long limbs, and halfway up, there's no leaves at all, and you can just see them dying as they go up. So is the, is this black stuff spreading even to uh, towards the bigger branches? Okay, Richard's Richard's phone is awful. What I would have wanted to know as well is if it's spreading, and if he's able to touch it, like with the limbs that he's pruned off, if it's a black that comes off on your hands or not necessarily. Yeah, that could be determining whether it's something growing on the bark or whether it's like something left behind by an insect, Correct. which you would be able to rub some, off. Uh, yeah, some excretion from uh, from insects going mm-hmm. after sap or something. Uh, I'm, I'm still getting used to uh, answering questions without seeing yeah. what the problem is. Welcome to my <laughs> you do, life. You do it greatly. You do <laughs> a great job. But uh, I would love to see it. Yeah. Uh, maybe even through pictures, but you know, even better if I was there, so I could touch, like you said, just touch it and feel it. Now, I'm not saying this is what it is, but it made me think when he said there's black. I mean, there can be an ashy type uh, fungus that grows on the trees, but also like what is like a slime mold? Is that common on trees or a slime flux? What's yeah, the name? slime flux is uh, more common for uh, bigger, well-established oak trees. Let's just say oh, oak okay. trees is the the t- main target for slime flux, and they usually attack the trunk close to the ground. So I I don't think that'll be it. Okay. Um, 
I would, uh, I would, I would like to see it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> before I say it. anything. So, yeah. Richard, I know you're driving and, and multitasking there, but um, when you get to your destination safely, look me up on Facebook, search Green and Growing WSB, and you can private message me the pictures. I'll share them with Raphael, or uh, while you're on hold, Anne can give you my email address too. But a picture's worth a thousand words, and that would really help. That is, that is right. So, if you the closer up you can get of the black, that'd be good. I know if it's up in the tree, maybe try to take a picture of of it on a limb that you've already removed. Exactly. Something. Yeah, pick pick up a limb that you cut cut back and uh, see if you can get a close picture to yeah. it. Yeah, uh, okay. Be good. Very good. Thanks for the call, Richard. Up next, we go to Vicki calling from Woodstock, Cherokee County this morning. Hey, Vicki, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. How about you? Doing great. I do have a question about a willow oak. Um, I live in a subdivision that's been established for maybe 23, 24 years, and the builder... Um, planted willow oaks between the sidewalks and the street. So they're in like maybe a four-foot space between the sidewalks and the street. And they're doing great. They're huge. Um, However, this year we're seeing several around the um, neighborhood that like half the canopy is leafless. Um, I don't know if it's dead or not, but there are no leaves on half the canopy on some of these big oaks. Hi, hi, Vicki. Uh, let me guess, is this uh, <laughs> half of the side, uh, the side that is close to the sidewalk? No, um, it's not. It's almost like, uh, two, like if two trees are together, um, the half that's leafless and the next tree over, that half is leafless. So it's the two sides that are facing each other on those two trees. Oh. And you may see it sporadically around. The other trees are fine. They, their canopies are full and have leaves on them. But um, just several trees, like two to, two together, may have one side that looks dead. And, and then the next tree down has that side that's facing that next tree or the same, you know, the its neighbor tree mm-hmm. is also leafless. Okay. So any out in the field, Raphael, like diseases or things that you're seeing with willow oaks? No? Not at the moment. I mean, we have a lot of problems here in Georgia and Atlanta with the uh, orange strip worms, but they don't do that much damage, you know, enough to kill half of the canopy. Yeah. My first guess, that's why I was asking about the location of uh, the sidewalk there, because when you cut through the roots system, um, you basically, if it's too severe, you immediately kill half of the canopy and exactly the half where you cut through the roots. I mean, yeah, it's pretty where evident. the sidewalk was it, installed. Exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to be the case, so I'm, I got a little thrown off now. I'd uh... well, and there's a difference when you talked about the the worm or the caterpillar. You know, those will happen in the oak trees and defoliate them, but the leaves come out first, they and do. then they're defoliated. Versus these sound like they just never even leafed back out. Yeah, if they never leafed back out, we, we're dealing with something else. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things, too, and you probably see this a lot, Raphael, or any of us do when we're driving around, um, when when the trees are planted like in a median, you know, where there's asphalt on either side, or like this, where there's the road, the little strip of grass where a tree is planted in the sidewalk, um, a lot of times the landscape companies that take care of those mulch them too much. I mean, to talk about what that looks like for me driving by, how I can see that and why that's a problem. Yeah, either mulch or dirt or any type of material, you don't want to put it up... uh, up on a bar can make it look like what we call the telephone pole. Uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, bad practice, and uh, it eventually is sometimes it kills trees. Believe it or not, I was actually surprised how how bad the effects are. 
when you do that because we're talking, you know, material that's not supposed to be there up against bark. And uh, the tree basically can't breathe. It's a choking thing. Yeah. So uh, that's not good, you know, and it's such an easy way to fix it. Just dig around and make sure you see the trunk flaring out, and uh, that's the healthy way to do it. Yeah, let your HOA talk to the landscapers they're using um, and make sure they are following best practices when caring for those trees in that, you know, common area. Um, or you just you as a homeowner, go go up to those trees and pull that mulch back because you need to see the root flare. Like you said, if it looks like a telephone pole where it's just going straight down in the ground, that's not the right look. You want to see where the roots start to flare out at the base of the trunk. Um, and would you say, though, I mean, it, people may be seeing that now that all the trees are leafed back out, Raphael. They may be seeing big gaps or branches or limbs that have not put on new leaves. Is that just a seasonal thing or does that mean it's dead? It's not ever going to leaf back out. It could be a seasonal thing. It could be that uh, what I'm seeing with the shrubs a lot and smaller plants right now is a lot of them are not putting back new growth uh, and uh, they're not leafing out. And that's again, because of the cold snap we had over Christmas. Um, I seen some dogwoods and some other trees they are kind of delaying their, their, the, the blossom. Mm -hmm. um, and that is very likely because of that as well. Um, you know, and trees, like it, like we talked about before, you know, trees shed branches. They Branches die, too. It's a natural occurrence, and uh, that could be the case as well. So that's really good. It doesn't necessarily mean something fatal for the tree. No. No, it's a natural cycle. Okay. Um, we also had a call, Jeff and Raphael, from DJ, and he had to go, DJ calling from Decatur, about what he called limb lopping. So maybe what I could picture, he's gone, but maybe lopping off some of those uh bottom limbs or limbing up a tree, I guess is what you all would call it. Um, how much is too much? Like when you start to limb up a tree, you don't want to take it down, but you want a little more sunlight in your yard or whatever. So you thin it out. Um, but what, yeah, what's too much? Um, typically no more than 30% okay. of the canopy. So, and, and I can start from the lowest limbs and start removing up to a certain point. That's correct. Or you can go up into the tree and remove some cross branching and thin it out a little bit as well. Yeah, be careful not to take uh, too big limbs uh, down because uh, once you take a very, very big limb, you got to picture that. You know, you got to think of it. The, the that's that limb branches out into several other branches. That branch out into several other branches. So you're taking a good chunk off. And once you make that cut, it's a big, big one for the tree to seal back. So, uh, and that's why we like to say that we like to do aggressive, that's called, the, that's what we call aggressive pruning uh, during the winter when all of the energy is concentrated in the root system, not in the, in the canopy. So that allows you to go for bigger cuts. Uh, right now, you know, we're just uh, having the trees leafing out now and uh, putting out new growth. I wouldn't necessarily go that, that aggressive. So yeah, use the 30% rule. Just uh, don't make any big cuts, not at this moment. Yeah. And when you do make the cuts, make sure you either have somebody like these guys, chopmytree.com, do the cuts because they do it right. Do it up against the branch collar. You don't just take half a limb out and leave some half limb, you know, protruding from the tree. Uh, the cut needs to be made right. Also with really sharp tools, dull is going to probably do a little bit more damage Correct. to the bark and the overall structure of the tree. So some good tips. Uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, just a few more of your questions before we wrap things up. And Dave Baker moves in for the Home Fix-It show. So stay tuned. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. All right, one more update from me and meteorologist Christina Edwards on your weekend weather. Scattered thunderstorms today. That fog is burning off, but it may rain. <coughs> high in the mid-80s and then hot and humid tomorrow with highs in the upper 80s. Green, Green and growing. 
Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, number one, protect developing strawberries from birds. Use spun bonded row covers and netting can help, uh, or it can also trap and kill beneficial snakes and birds though. So keep an eye on that. And if using netting on blueberry bushes and figs too, and also cover soil while seedlings are coming up, protect that with some kind of screening or netting or caging so the squirrels and chipmunks don't dig it. Number two, lightly side dress perennials. That includes spring bulbs, maybe a 510-10 or 10-10-10 fertilizer. Be careful to avoid the center crown of the plant, though, in putting that down. And number three, spots in your warm season lawn slow to green up. Don't just assume that a chemical is the fix. You don't necessarily have a disease or a fungus. You really need to identify the problem. could be thatch. It could be too much shade. It could be moles tunneling, and that's the cause for the uh, decline in that spot of grass. So just properly identify the problem before jumping to using a chemical. So I've enjoyed our Saturday with Premier Tree Solutions, the guys at ChopMyTree.com. Um, Jeff, y'all do great work. You've been established in Metro Atlanta for, what did you say, 17 years now? Yeah, just over 17. Wow. I think it's 17 this month. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, and we've been together quite a while, too. Yeah, we sure have. So folks can find you. Uh, what all or am I looking for as a potential customer on your website? Sure. You can go to chopmytree.com, as you uh, say pretty regularly <laughs> and so well. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, But look for the WSB logo on the website. There's been a few imposters out there and uh, uh, impersonating me. And then also making sure that you type in uh, the correct address. There's uh, individuals out there that are looking for uh, people to make keystroke entries wrong, uh, and uh, they'll take them to another website. So We want chopmytree.com. That's it. That's pretty easy. That's it. Um, and Raphael, you being the certified arborist on staff to talk about, you've just got a minute or so to talk about what it means to be a certified arborist. That's so important, you being a tree expert. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's all about uh, education, right? It's about and keeping up with it. Uh, we go to uh, TCI shows almost uh, on a regular basis, yeah. you know, every year. And uh, we try to keep up with the CUs as continue education. Uh, and there's always something new for, for me to, uh, you know, pass on to the client. So um, every time I'm doing a quote, uh, obviously people try to, you know, pick my brains and uh, get some information. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, I'm yeah. happy to do that. I'm happy to have a discussion and uh, give out some tips and uh, some recommendations. Um, we do also do some, uh, we do um, arborist uh, reports. That is a paid service. But, you know, if you just want to quote um, to uh get trees removed or pruned or even in the plant health care area treated for diseases and stuff, then I'll be happy to help. And Jeff, you guys don't just come down or come out to the property and chop trees. That's not what you're about. People can call you for a number of different things. That's right. Uh, obviously, tree removal and tree pruning is um, uh, stuff that we do the most, but you know, there's storm-related issues. We do some delicate like hand pruning on um, you know Japanese maples and stuff. Uh, stump grinding. Obviously, we have a couple of cranes, so a lot of times it requires cranes to move trees. So we have our own. We don't rent them. And uh, we also do uh, retention pond clearing, uh, vegetation, thinning out uh, forest undergrowth, stuff like that. You're going to get to it a lot quicker than a homeowner going out there day by day just trying to clear some areas or, you know, limb up trees. I mean, that could be a long and a dangerous job. So sure. why not call the experts that do it safely? That's it. Chopmytree.com. Well, it's been so good to have you guys on and you'll be able to listen back to the two hours that Jeff and Raphael have been with me this morning because we covered a lot of stuff. Some things you might be seeing seasonally now, some things to beware of. Please be very careful and very thorough in selecting the right tree company 
uh, and these guys are reputable. I've endorsed them for years, so I trust them. But you got to do your research. And Jeff gave us some really good reasons why earlier in the show. So listen back on wsbradio.com backslash green and growing to hear the podcast or find it wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere like that. We hope you'll give the show a listen throughout the weekend as you're milling about. And by the way, happy Mother's Day happy to Rose Day. and to Emily. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yeah. really happy Mother's Day to those important ladies. And if they're listening, good morning, guys. So y'all have a great Mother's Day weekend. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next Saturday at 6 a.m. on Green and Growing. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.